politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew another week, another opportunity to fight the issues that matter in the way they matter at the time they matter. If that is your goal, this is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back here today, Monday, April 3rd. And if it's not your goal, well, there's plenty of other places to go where we're going to hear Trump, 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 all Trump. I mean, you look at the amount of issues we have to deal with. The grooming an entire generation to not even know if they're human, if they're men, if they're women, treating poisonous products like medicine and medicine like poison, criminals like victims, victims like criminals, targeting political opponents. You have no right to self-defense, no First Amendment rights if you are not part of the spirit of the age. We have obviously the invasion at the border, the fentanyl. We have a country whose government is at war with its people at every level. There are no amount, there's no limit to the amount of challenges we face. It's hard to even prioritize every week what I should focus on. But I'll tell you this much each of the aforementioned issues on every one of those fronts. The left doesn't fear us. They don't fear conservatives. They don't fear Republicans. They don't fear MAGA. And for good reason. Because each of those issues have a playing field, a legal, cultural, policy playing field. And there's only one team on the field. See, the other team is just off getting drunk, partying, enjoying the experience of being a team, not actually fighting. Or to put it another way, you have an army where you have two sides fighting, One's marching towards the goal. The other one's taking selfies, going skinny dipping in the lakes on the way. That's what this is. It's all entertainment. So this week, you know, and I am going to be out at the end of the week, and probably it's a good week to take off because it's all going to be about Trump all the time and not even about the broader issue that matters, which is that for two years, three years, supporters of Trump, Supporters of conservatives, opponents of the regime, they are being targeted and sometimes jailed, pre-trial, imprisoned for 10 years on things that should be protected under self-defense, under the right to First Amendment. But we're not going to hear about that. Well, Daniel, no, Trump is the way to make this an issue. Yeah, but if it would be the issue, like I said on Friday in my piece on seven action items— that states, you know, Republican governors and Congress should be taking, that would be the focus. To this day, name me one other person who was talking about Trump all day, mentioning what, what, what are we going to do about it? Calling a play call in the ears of these Republican governors. No, it's all Trump all the time as an end to itself. And that's why they don't fear us. They don't fear us one bit. And because they don't fear us, by the way, this is why people are still dying suddenly left and right from the COVID shots. Uh, So you might want to examine your life insurance policy. I recommend Policy Genius. It's not an insurance company, but what they do is they provide you online an easy way to shop around. You know, life insurance has not yet become like health insurance, which is just one big dumpster fire 
and there's no market, believe it or not, here there is a market and Policy Genius facilitates it, you could still get with Policy Genius, you could find life insurance policies that start at just $25 per month for $1 million of coverage. Um, some options offer coverage in as little as a week and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Those of you who don't want to get involved in that. The reality is what you get from work typically is not enough, especially if you have a large family as I do. Um, that's the reality. And and to me, it was very important. I'm the pretty much the breadwinner. I got four kids and a wife. Uh, you got you got to think about that. With all this died suddenly, think of all these people dying young that didn't have life insurance. Uh, if you love your if you love your family, this is something that does need to be dealt with. Um, but Policy Genius also has licensed agents who can help you find the best fit. So it's not just a website; you could actually talk to someone live. Uh, they work for you, not the insurance companies. There's no added fees, um, and your personal details are all private. No wonder why they have thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot. So head over to policygenius.com slash Daniel or click the, you know, um, well, if you just use that URL, policygenius.com slash Daniel, that will be our URL. You don't have to put in a promo code. I was thinking there might have been one. There's no promo code there. Policy Genius, again, was built to modernize the life insurance industry, and they're certainly doing that as an industry leader at policygenius.com slash Daniel. So what we have is click servitism. With click with a CK as well as with a QUE. It's one big click where it's just a matter of groupthink. Ooh, what is, what does he think? What does he think? And they all say the same things. And then click servitism, it's all for clickbait. As I said on Friday, if Trump supporters demanded that DeSantis not extradite Trump wasn't the sole purpose that he be safe in Florida. Why is he self-extraditing himself? I won't repeat Friday's show, but listen to the first 35 minutes of it with our seven action items and also why Trump himself is doing this, and I think you understand the answer. But what I resent is that we're not talking about all this oxygen spent on Trump it's not going to be geared towards a policy outcome. It's all a matter of donating to his campaign. They've asserted that we have to focus on Trump's indictment because if they could go after a former president, man, they could target all of us. Except the problem is they've been doing that. You know, we talked about the case of, obviously, George Kelly, this rancher in Nogales or outside of Nogales, Arizona, his cartel members invade his ranch, and he was accused of murder one without any ballistics. And now he's, you know, they walked it back, but he's on the hook for murder two. All legal norms are out the window, no self defense, and they're eating out of the hands of the cartel members to determine what happened. We're going to go through some of these cases. We're seeing this in multiple situations, usually self-defense or First Amendment. And it's been going on. And I, I keep banging away at it that why is there no unified call to create a federal right to a right to jury by peers 
that have the same political orientation as you. Or, I mean, it doesn't have to be. 100% the same because maybe that's not fair the other way but at, at least that's reflective of the broader population so it's a jury of your peers when clearly you're being targeted as a conservative so right as everyone's talking about this Trump, 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 Trump there's a more important case going on this guy from Florida, Douglas Mackey also in Palm Beach lives in the same county as Trump so on Friday, Michael Driscoll, the assistant director in charge of the FBI's New York field office, announced that Douglas Mackey had been convicted by a, I think it's a Brooklyn, New York jury in a federal case of putting out misinformation and interfering with elections. So they rung him up on 18 USC 241. It's a federal crime to, quote, injure, oppress, threaten, or intimidate any person in the free exercise or enjoyment of any right or privilege secured by him to him by the Constitution. So you deny someone of a Constitution right. Now, if you apply that to voting in an election, what, what comes to mind? What sort of crime? Well, it probably comes to mind an image of the Black Panther militiamen standing outside a Philadelphia precinct in 2016 with nightsticks preventing anyone who doesn't believe in their stuff from voting. But no, none of those were ever indicted on 241. This guy, Douglas Mackey, they say that he, um, he, conspired with others to disseminate fraudulent messages that encouraged supporters of presidential candidate Hillary Clinton to vote via text message. No person thought that they were casting their ballot that way, but what he was doing is he was he was making fun out of it because back then all these governors illegally changed the mechanism of voting to mail-in ballots like we saw in Pennsylvania often overriding state law. So he's like, "Hey, vote by text message." How is that not covered by the First Amendment? Even if you think it's a sleazy thing to do. And by the way, this thing has been done forever on, on, on both sides. He's facing 10 years in prison. But like everything else, see, he lived in New York at the time in, in 2016. Now he's in Florida. He was tried in New York. So this is literally, imagine a case, hey, I feel you suppressed Hillary Clinton voters. I mean, I don't get it. Let's say I put out a polling information and it turns out to be wrong. Is that a crime? You say you're suppressing voters, but you're accused of suppressing Hillary Clinton voters. Well, you try a guy from a jury pool in New York. Well, most of them were Hillary voters. How is that a fair trial? It's a simple federal piece of legislation that should exist but doesn't, and I'm not hearing anyone else call for this. This is the central point, and with Trump too. But again, notice it's not about outcomes, which is why the other side doesn't fear us. So why is this case of Douglas Mackey not a bigger case than Trump? This guy is facing 10 years. Nobody thinks Trump is facing jail time. Why is this not a bigger case? Well, Daniel, if they could do it to the president, they could do it to anyone. 
They are doing it and have been doing it before they indicted Trump. And you didn't care. And even with Trump, you still don't care about outcomes. It's all about him. It's all about him. Now, folks, while we're talking about the government spying on you and possibly locking you up for, I don't know, doing stuff on the Internet like, you know, looking up a vaccine injury or something, now's the time to wear a mask. No, not on your breathing holes, but on your computer. ExpressVPN is the mask that I use that reroutes your internet connection through a secure server so your internet provider uh, cannot see or log on what you know log what you're doing online. Um, many people are wondering, you know, well, if I'm routing all my data through a VPN, then doesn't that just mean the VPN can see what I'm doing and log my data instead? Nope. Um, many VPNs claim to have no log policies, but they have been caught logging customer activity. ExpressVPN is not like that. It's the only VPN I trust because they use trusted server technology. They were the first major VPN provider to engineer all their VPN servers to run in RAM. This makes it impossible for the VPN servers to store any data, including logs of any ExpressVPN customers itself. Um, You don't have to take my or ExpressVPN's word for it. ExpressVPN is so confident in their no-logs claim that even they even had one of the biggest insurance firms, the famous PriceWaters, Pricewaterhouse Coopers audit their technology and found it to be to be true. So no one could could see what you're doing, including ExpressVPN staff themselves. Um, that's why I have it on all of my devices. Stop letting people keep logs of what you do online. Visit expressvpn.com slash conservative right now, and you'll get three months free. So that's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash conservative, expressvpn.com slash conservative. Stop allowing others to spy on what you do online. And again, it's very important now. I mean, it, it, it's pretty crazy that we're now living in a time where, you know, as someone who's a right-winger, Jewish, I always feared over the years, post 9-11, that I'd be a target of, you know, the Islamo-fascists. And now I am more worried about the pagan jihad than that. I'm more worried about getting a knock on my door from the FBI than I am from, you know, the Islamists. And I spent a decade here talking about Muslim immigration and all the you know Muslim brotherhood we have. But nobody has quite the means and the motive as our own government. And then not to mention the tranny jihad now. When you go and make an entire generation mentally ill, um, this is a big problem. What we saw last week, that if you're a religious institution, you are now a target from the pagan tranny jihad. And let me tell you something. If you're not one of the chosen protected classes, you don't have a right to self-defense. Here's another story you may or may not have heard about, you should have heard about, Sergeant Daniel Perry, his trial began in Texas this week or last week. He was stationed at Fort Hood in July 2020. And this is from the Post Millennial. They have a good write-up on it. It was the night of July 25th. That was the heat of the BLM riots. Perry was driving uh, for Uber in downtown Austin to make some extra cash. While serving in in the military, he was stationed at Fort Hood. 
And like so many people, we talked about this at the time, the scariest thing, you could be a motorist and suddenly you come across a BLM checkpoint. They just block the street and surround your car. According to Perry's defense team, the protesters encircled his car, began pounding on his vehicle. Among the protesters was 28-year-old Garrett Foster, who was armed with an AK-47. According to Perry, Foster raised the, the firearm at him, prompting him to open fire with his handgun that he was obviously legally carrying. And, um, I mean, that was a split-second decision. Every right to do it. I mean, when you surround someone's car with an AK-47, dude, this is like Fallujah. This would happen with the Sunni and Shia militias. They would set up checkpoints. And Perry drove away from the scene. And immediately when he was at a safe location, he called 911 and reported what was happening. He was interviewed by the officers that night and he was released. Because, of course, it was self-defense. But a grand jury returned an indictment for murder and aggravated assault with a deadly weapon a year later. This is a very important case. Now, this is Texas, but remember, Austin is has a, has a Soros DA, and Austin is, may as well be San Francisco Harbaugh jury pool. And you don't have to take his word for it. The lead investigator at the time, who is viewed as the godfather of Austin's homicide unit, Detective David Fugit, last uh, or not last August, August 2021, he he wrote in a sworn affidavit that prosecutors under Travis County District Attorney Jose Garza, he's a, he's the source guy, forced him, meaning forced the, the, the detective, to remove the exculpatory evidence from his grand jury presentation. Fugit wrote, it became clear to me that the district attorney's office did not want to present evidence to the grand jury that would be exculpatory to Daniel Perry and or to show that witness statements obtained by the family of Garrett Foster or of the attorneys were inconsistent with prior interviews such witnesses gave the police originally from the incident. So they ate out of the family of the BLM rioters and, 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 and simultaneously the same Jose Garza as he is targeting Daniel Perry, he dropped hundreds of felony cases, but also sought indictments against two dozen Austin PD officers who responded to the riots. So between BLM and self-defense, between the border ranchers, between people being targeted for their political beliefs, on on you know, between people being targeted for COVID businesses, this has been going on. And no one cared until Trump. But even with Trump, it's like, a uh, Trump, Trump. Okay, what, what about that? You, we need a law. And, and look, you know, th- this is something I want to make this very clear. Obviously, Republicans only have control of the House at a federal level. But there's nothing stopping states from creating a state constitutional right. So this guy in Austin, it's, it's not federal charges. It's state um, assault with a deadly weapon charges. There's no reason the Texas legislature shouldn't immediately pass a bill because Texas is one of these states where, probably more than any other state, there's a huge gap between the majority of the broader state but then the enclaves of the big cities. So, you know, you're a Texan 
you're you're uh, prosecuted in Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, and Austin, you're screwed. Again, it may as well be California. So it needs to be clear that they can assert political targeting and request an expanded jury pool. This is the biggest action item we need to protect ourselves from the feds and from Soros prosecutors. At the same time that they're dropping prosecutions on you know, the hardcore murderers, they're going after you for self-defense. And, and by the way, as much as I'm obviously a big, big fan of, of guns, you do have to understand that you, you can't shoot your way out of this because you don't have a right to self-defense anymore. So yeah, we now won that court case and you have the right to carry even in blue states. But what are you going to do if you actually defend yourself? And you happen to be white. And this was a guy serving in the army. So this case of Daniel Perry is huge. And there's a need for the Texas legislature, which is in session right now, to immediately pass a bill saying that anyone who is charged in a blue area, I mean, you don't write it like that, but this is the point. And they could file a motion that they're being targeted politically and they could request an expanded jury pool of, of people that are more their peers or at least, you know, half and half. Now they'll say, oh, Daniel, the Texas legislature is already out of session. I mean, they're not already beyond the date where you could file legislation. Yeah, right. The committee chairman could file whatever they want. But of course, this is not a priority. Now, what we got one more sponsor today, folks, with... Gold is surging. Um, the Fed has raised re- interest rates to co- combat out-of-control inflation, so they're stuck on this vicious cycle of um, bank insolvency and inflation. Diversifying with gold has never been more important. The recent surge in gold prices since this crisis is directly tied to the extreme market volatility right now. That's why gold has historically been a great hedge against the stock market and against inflation, both of which we need today. Now would be a great time to diversify with gold at Birch Gold. Um, You still have another two weeks left, if you haven't done your taxes yet, to take a deduction even for last year for an IRA, 401k. Where are you going to put it? Vanguard? BlackRock? How about texting Daniel to 989898 to get a free info kit on converting your IRA into gold so you could take the tax deduction, you know, 6000 per spouse of last year, I think a 6500 if you want to do for this coming year. Um, they'll help you convert it and pick the best mix of gold, silver, different bullions, what's good for you, your situation. Uh, they'll talk to you for an hour. They'll get a very, very – these are all like Ron Paul type of guys, Austrian – economists, very smart people. It's not like speaking to a dumb customer service person. Um, so it's it's very enjoyable. I spoke to one myself. Text Daniel to 989898 today to protect your future. So we got Congress out um, once again. They're out for two weeks. They'll be back April 17th. I mean, do you get the impression that they haven't really done much? We have so many issues. So many issues to deal with. I mean, we, we felt this is the emergency. Trump, Trump, Trump. So you would think maybe they would stay in session and pass legislation on this jury pool issue. Pass legislation allowing someone to assert an equal protection violation if there's strong evidence that they're being targeted politically where people um, of other political bents have never been charged 
with those statutes. This is my point. It's not even like do the right thing for Trump, whereas you won't do it for anyone else. They're not doing anything. You listen to every one of my colleagues. It's all the same thing the whole week. Endless. Nothing. It's ridiculous. But I want I want to I want to switch gears here a little bit um, to uh, COVID stuff. You know, I was at the pediatrician, or not? It was an urgent care. Uh, our daughter had an ear infection. And it's like, you know, in the intake, they ask, they were asking, is she up on her COVID shots? Now, they didn't push it, but I was thinking, imagine someone saying, are you up on your hemlock? It just got me thinking how we are this far into knowing how poisonous this is and nothing matters. I also, this morning, I took my 11-year-old to a family doctor and we, you know, because we've been running around trying to find a new doctor, so we went to Family One where they don't do vaccines there, and you know they're encouraging it. But the COVID one, you asked about, it, but then it was like, yeah, yeah, you know, we're we're not really into that. And then I got to talking to him. I said, you know, there's 15 more mRNAs in the pipeline. He said, well, I hope not. We'll we'll stop that. Well, we're not stopping that. It, I mean, nothing is. And then meanwhile, I was pushing the Gardasil thing, um, so. I, I just, I don't understand how we've basically moved on. No one cares anymore because the COVID restrictions themselves are off. So no one wants to hear about it. No one wants to hear about it. But isn't this more important than Trump? And shouldn't Trump himself be held accountable? Meaning if the most important outcome of the Trump indictment is that you need to support Trump. So shouldn't we get a better sense of what he's going to be like as, as president? Now, they did end the COVID emergency, but it turns out it means nothing. Do you know that they placed the, they basically reshuffled the deck that all of the important things they do are based on other authorities. So the testing, the EUAs, you might think, well, every EUA vaccine should be gone. It's not an emergency. Nope. They're still going to continue. It doesn't end it. It doesn't end it at all. It doesn't end Paxlovid. Doesn't end the shots. Nothing. Even the international, you know, you know, to this day, the America is one of the few countries that requires people who come here to have the shot. That mandate does not go away. Is there an impetus from Congress to end it? Nope. Notice it's all show. Oh, and the emergency. And indeed, Biden's not going to veto it. But what I'm telling you is it it. All the important aspects do not end. They need more legislation for that. Well, they're out for two weeks. Got to wait till April 17th. And then they'll be back for two weeks. And they'll be off for another two weeks. We are not serious. We are not a serious people. Sonia Elijah, a uh, British researcher. She's a really good investigative journalist. The European Union's periodic safety update report. Data from the first six months of 2022, they found three babies with neurological damage who were exposed to the shot through breastfeeding. So that destroys an entire generation of control group. So you can't assume, oh, newborn babies, they obviously didn't get the COVID shot. Nope. First of all, they could get it through the mother through the placenta, and now they can get it through breastfeeding. So there you go. 
There you go. The FDA approved over-the-counter Narcan. I don't know if you guys saw that. It's like, again, I was at the doctor today and I was thinking, nice guy, thoughtful guy, but they're stuck in a box of the way of the information they learn. I know they don't see the information you and I see. It's all whatever is the spirit of the age. Now, I'm not against making Narcan over the counter. But what I'm trying to show you is that it's not like, oh man, these guys are either very loosey-goosey. They just want everything to be over the counter. Or the other way, they want to carefully regulate things. No. It's it's the anarcho-tyranny version of healthcare. So if it's a spirit of the age item, because they love drugs, so here, go with Narcan. You know why? Because Narcan basically revives a person, but it doesn't solve the problem, so they'll continue doing it. So the drug cartels, um, Narcan is actually very good for the drug cartels because if people die, so then you kill off that generation, it's over with. No, they keep keep doing it, keep overdosing. So Narcan could, is over the counter, but not ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and really so many other things that should be over the counter that we should have the choice to access ourselves but, you know, it's not a spirit of the age item. We also have a new study out. IgG4 antibodies induced by mRNA vaccines generate immune tolerance to SARS-CoV-2 spike protein by suppressing the immune system. It's a new preprint came out last week. Um, so it's not peer-reviewed, but is a preprint suggests that they reported increase in the IgG4 antibody levels detected after repeated vaccination with mRNA vaccines is not a protective mechanism. Rather, it may be a part of the immune tolerance mechanism to the spike protein that could promote unopposed SARS-CoV-2 infection and replication by suppressing natural antiviral responses. It may also cause autoimmune diseases and promote cancer growth and autoimmune myocarditis in susceptible individuals. Oh. See, this is something I could tell, you know, when you go to the pediatrician, you go to family doctor, are you up on your vaccine? Everything is about the vaccines, like 50% of the checkup. And I'm just thinking to myself, I feel bad for these people. Have they studied IgG4? Have they studied negative efficacy? They all think you could just dump antibodies into a body and it's like, you know, kind of like the Pac-Man game. You, you eat your, you know, eat up stuff to nourish you. You get the wrong class in the wrong amount at the wrong time. It's as toxic as anything you could put in your body. So this is the third study we've seen. You're supposed to promote IgG3, one through three. Those are neutralizing antibodies. There's something called IgG4. It tolerates the pathogen. Now, IgG4 is a God-given thing that's that's worthwhile because you don't want to have a hyper response to things. You don't want to um you do want to tolerate certain things that you're gonna have constant exposure to. Pollen, bee, like like uh bee honey, you know, typical allergens. So you want IgG, IgG4, and that's why allergy shots contain IgG4. But when you're dealing with a pathogen, especially a synthetic one that was designed to kill you, you don't want to tolerate it. You want to neutralize it. So it's the most Orwellian thing around. Again, this is like 
Poison is medicine. Medicine is poison. Criminal is victim. Victim is criminal. Man is woman. Woman is man. It's the transhumanist version of vaccines. It literally, rather than inoculating yourself against it, it makes it that you never gain natural immunity to it. And that's why all the people who have had problems with COVID the last, really the last 15 months, are the ones who had the shots. And the more you do it, the more you create the problem. So aren't these issues a lot more important than anything you'll hear on conservative talk? Really, I mean, this is all of humanity on the line. Every baby, every kid that goes for a checkup, there's a straight, seamless line from the government to the medical associations to the individual doctors. Endless stream of vaccines. We have a generation that is full of ADHD, full of allergies, full of different forms of autism, pandas, this and that. How does that happen so quickly? Is there no intellectual curiosity whatsoever? I don't know. I got to move. I got to got to find find a decent doctor for my kids. But I'm, you know, I'm in a pretty bad place, but again, even in red states it's it's hard to find. But this is the problem. There's no forward-looking agenda. And this is why the other side doesn't fear us. So, folks, as my colleagues, again, bloviate over Trump as an end to itself, rather than focusing on policy outcomes, how to deal with political persecution, how to push back, not just against Trump, but believe it or not, other people exist in the world and have been persecuted, including his own supporters for so long. But, you know, the COVID stuff, it's not just the fact that we need to deal with what has happened. For once in our life, we need to get ahead of things. And what's scary is a lot of people are just tuning out. Yeah, this thing is stupid. Even a lot of the doctors now, yeah, you know, the shots are just ridiculous. Okay, we're done with them. Very few people are getting them. But the fact that they're still expanding approval, expanding the authorities to make more of these, despite the fact that even the public is laughing them off, That should scare you because that means they're not done with it. Where are they headed? And a lot of people might be like, I ain't ever getting that stuff. Yeah, but what would happen if they make it you can't avoid it? We've talked about self-spreading vaccines and they have that technology. But then there's the other aspect. And, you know, we wrote about this in our last chapter of the book, Rise of the Fourth Reich. The need for legislation to ensure they don't put it into the cattle. This is being studied in Australia. Bill Gates has threatened this before. What if they start putting this in the cattle? And and again, there's probably a lot of other hormones and uh, vaccines and pro-inflammatory stuff that's screwing up our healthy protein. That in itself is definitely happening. But what about COVID mRNA shots being put in them? So we got a couple of bills we talked about. If you're in Tennessee, this SB99 to create labeling requirements that if they have to disclose the the um, distributor has to or the manufacturer has to disclose that uh, mRNA is in there or any gene therapy, we have Senate Bill 1018 in Idaho. 
I mean, if you live there, make sure to call the committee chairman because he's blocking any hearing. But the broadest bill we've had is Missouri HB 1169. And that's sponsored by Representative Holly Jones. And it would basically require all products, not just food, but anything to be labeled if it contains gene therapy. So it's so it's a much broader bill because what we've learned from this is that, wait a minute, they have technology to screw around with our, our DNA. Um, you know, food is not the only way to get things in your body. I, I mean, vaccines are not the only way. You could have it through food. You could have it through osmosis of things put on your skin. You could have it through a lot of different things. So we need this disclosure. There was a hearing last week in Missouri, and I figured what better way to update you guys as I'm updating myself with a man who testified there, uh, Tom Renz, no stranger to see our podcast. He has been one of the leading attorneys fighting for medical freedom, fighting against discrimination, fighting against all the civil rights violations. He's based in Ohio, but he's been operating really everywhere. He's dealt with the mandates. He's dealt with the hospital genocide. You name it, he's been there. And he testified in committee for this bill and has a lot to say on it. So with no further ado, Tom, thanks so much. It's been way too long. It has. It's been way too long. But, you know, that's because you and I are both doing the same thing. We're, we're fighting God's fight. We're pushing for truth and we're pushing for freedom. And uh, that's all this bill is about. Daniel, can you imagine? Think about this. we got the, one of the reddest states in the union, Missouri. You put a two page bill, no riders, no fluff, nothing. All it requires is disclosure. If something's got a vaccine therapy in it information it'd be made available about how those those gene therapies can uh, can spread and then that you get informed consent three things and that for, and that informed consent has to include adverse events of special interest so three things that are all disclosure and truth we don't ban anything we don't stop anything and in red 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 missouri this bill is being stopped blocked obfuscated slow walked they're trying to make sure that it doesn't get through before the before the legislative session is over so that they can say, oh, we can't do it till next year. They think that that's going to hang. But, you know, uh, this is one of the most viral stories in the country right now. And uh, I don't think we the people are willing to let that happen. So describe the nature of the opposition, the source of opposition, because like you said, it actually doesn't technically ban them from putting mRNA in um in the food, it it just says you have to disclose that. So it's pretty simple. Um, where who's opposing it and why? Well, this is the funny thing, right? So there's no way to really politically get away with opposing disclosure and informed consent. I mean, who's going to come out and say we're against informed consent? So what what happened was is you got to understand that big pharma and big ag are one and the same. Bear pharmaceuticals owns Monsanto, which is the largest seed producer on the planet. They also have ties in with all the vaccines, all the things that they do for the cattlemen, the set and other Bill Gates, largest agriculture holder in the U.S. along with the CCP. So you have these big factory things. So all these people who are controlling our food supply are also big pharma shills or tied in with big pharma. So what they did was they leveraged their position in the agricultural community to push their stuff from big pharma. 
So they went out and they got the Cattlemen's Association, Pork Association, the Soybean Growers, the Corn Growers, all these different things. And I listed them. I, put, I actually put a list on a tweet. That tweet is one of the most viral things in the universe right now. And uh, I, I listed by name the committee members and the, the lobbying organizations that are opposing this. And what they said is they said, oh, it's going to be too cumbersome for the farmers. Here's the real tw- trick, though, Daniel. This bill would actually protect small farmers. The only people this would hurt are the Bill Gates factory farmers and CCP. But they're trying to set the small farmers up to be victims of lawsuits. Because when the small farmers put out this poison food that's going to kill people, they're going to be named in the lawsuits. Mm. When, but Bill Gates and the CCP, these giant factory farmers, they've got the lawyers in place to create uh, liability shields so it never actually impacts them. So the small farmers are going to get sued out of business. And then the Gates, WEF, CCP people swoop in, buy all the rest of the small farms, and there are no more small farmers. Plus, they still get to put this crap in our food supply. How live fi- How much of a live fire exercise is this? In other words, are they on the cusp of doing this? Is it a looming threat? What do we know about the motive and means of putting mRNA kind of vaccines on, on the cattle? Well, here's what we do know for sure. We know for sure that they have been, I've got articles going back to the 90s talking about integrating vaccines into food. Okay. Uh, the easiest way to do that is in, in grown food, uh, soybeans, corn, vegetables, things like that. And in fact, I posted on Twitter, there's actually a number of uh, things like, I believe, potatoes and some of the starchy foods that they actually uh, request authorization to do some of that back in, I think, 2013. So, so they've been pushing for this for some time. Now, the mRNA is the new twist. And uh, we were told that they're that they're getting ready to push this stuff right now. Now Merck has uh, you know on their website and we posted this as well. And uh, you have to really kind of go through some of the stuff with uh, uh, you know through the Twitter feed because there's a lot there and we're posting it as we find out. But there's a Merck is pushing right now this sequevity, right? which is you know it's a platform customized prescription vaccines and data and it's all mrna built and uh right you know right now what they're pushing is pcv2 pcv3 rotavirus sapovirus uh, influenza a porcupine virus um, and what they're doing is these are all mrna so it's we were told that these things are going to be going live like now but they may already be happening. I've got reports from other countries where they're already doing this, and it's not 100% clear. What I can tell you, though, is that the threat is not just looming and not just real, but it's there. And, you know, if this isn't dangerous, if there's no downside to this, if this is truly a no big deal thing, like the lobbyists say, why are they opposed to disclosure and informed consent? We aren't banning it. Just, just want to know what's going on. No, and that and that's that that's what's very telling. And there's nothing cumbersome about it. Um, it's pretty much straightforward. So how 
I understand the outsiders. How are the elected officials? Obviously, GOP supermajorities. What's with the governor, the you know majority leaders, and the committee chairs? Yeah, so I haven't heard anything from the governor on this. What I know is that Dean Plocker is the Speaker of the House, and uh, he has been absolutely rock solid opposed to this this two-page bill that requires informed consent and disclosure. Uh, we, he, this bill was supposed to be DOA. We had a fit and we threw it out in the public and uh, we got a hearing. And that hearing was great. I've got the, I've got the video posted on my Rumble and elsewhere. And, uh, you know, we got them to admit that the, the lobbyists that were opposing me actually admitted in the hearing they said their opposition was, well, we'd have to label all our GMO foods if you're not supposed to screw with people's genetics. What? That's your, that's your excuse? Are you telling me that you guys have been putting stuff in okay. our foods already? That's, that's so screwed did, you, with our did you bring that up in your testimony or you're just saying you heard him say that? This was after, after, my, te- after my testimony, the next lobbyist. I think he represented Washington University and uh, – He's talking about you know, how we, we have to label everything. Well, that's, are you kidding me? So you're telling me, and I actually, I posted afterwards. I said, thank you. I'm looking forward to the trillion dollar lawsuit I'm now going to file. Because what that means is that these guys have been knowingly putting stuff into our food that's affecting our genetics for God knows how long. And we have absolutely no information on what sort of damage that's doing. What yes. sort of injuries that's causing? And so what I'm going to do is I'm actually already looking and uh, hoping that we can get the get someone to do some studies for me. Because if I can show that any of those gene uh, genetic modifications that are occurring are resulting in injury, well, guess what, brother? The lawsuit's on its way. And And unlike the vaccines, they're not indemnified, so there is what to do there. Um, but I mean, this is something I never thought about. I used to make fun out of the like organic people. And I, I, I used to think that was ridiculous. Me too. But after, yeah, I mean, I, a lot of us have kind of, you know, become a disciples of RFK now because it's like, we never could have thought our government would do this to us with the shots. But now that they did, you start wondering again, why do you have a generation of children that are absolutely insane? that are off the wall that have all sorts of issues, attention issues, focus issues. And then like, you know, for example, it's been talked about and this is ubiquitous now and, and before the, you know, COVID shots with the menstrual stuff, uh, that girls are reaching puberty earlier and earlier. Okay. No, no one disagrees yeah. with that. Now we don't have anything definitive, but again, it makes you wonder with all these hormones they're putting in, is that a culprit between the vaccines and the food? It's hard to tell which one's the variable, how much is both, how much is amalgamation of several factors that we don't even know. But, but what, after going through this, do you get a sense that, you know, a lot of products in the supermarket that, you know, we took for granted again, before we even talk about MRNA, just in general, GMO products, that there might be more there there? Well, I'll tell you, the thing about it is, Daniel, is that much like you, if you'd asked me five years ago, hey, are those GMOs causing you know genetic damage to you? I'd have said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Who the hell cares, right? <laughs> now, after a three-year nightmare wake-up period, you know, 
I, I've quit doubting these people, right? I, I mean, we've watched them lie about safe and effective vaccines. We've watched them lie about COVID. We've watched them lie about everything from PCR tests to masks to lockdowns to social distancing, to you name it. You know, you can't trust a liar. Only a fool trusts a liar. And when you get someone who's a who's a who's just a chronic liar, every time their mouth is open, there's lies, you just can't trust them. So at the end of the day, uh, you know, they said, their defense to this, the lobbyist defense to why we can't pass this two-page bill requiring disclosure and labeling and informed consent came down to, well, then we'd have to tell people that we're already screwing with their genes. Are you kidding me? I mean, seriously, that's your defense, right? So, I mean, should I, should I not listen to the serial killers that keep telling us, you know, what they're doing and then doing it? I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I have to take them at their word. So what I find very depressing about this is that wh- whenever you're ahead of the curve, or at least perceived to be ahead, because we don't know what they are and aren't doing, but you want to get ahead of something, like, ah, that's ridiculous, that's never going to happen. So you can never get legislative action ahead of time. This is what I've always noticed. They, they say, well, Daniel, where is it happening? Where is it happening? But then once it happens already, well, then it's too late. So now it's like, yeah, what was done is done, but no one's really getting COVID shots, so we don't care. So what do we do headed forward? I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to go easy on this. I am very disappointed. Um, you know, we tried to, you know, wrote the book Rise of the Fourth Reich. Uh, our audience was very receptive, but outside of that, no one wanted to pick it up on Fox News. No one cares. They're continuing to build the biomedical uh, tyranny, surveillance, uh, transhumanist, and t- I would say bioterror state because they're openly continuing with the gain of function. They're openly continuing with all these vaccines that are creating problems. And I just, I mean, I hate to say it, Tom, but despite our work, I don't feel like we're any closer to the truth. I mean, we might know more of the truth, but where the public knows it and where there's more importantly an impetus to act than we were, you know, when we talked a year ago, do you feel like there's any irons in the fire that might change this? Uh, You know, Daniel, so I do. And let me explain why I've got a little bit different perspective. So you, I mean, Daniel, you know, realistically, you are a very well-known media figure. You've been doing this for a long time. You've got a huge audience of people who know you, respect you, and love you. And, you know, these people are, your fans are people who are wonderful, educated people, and they're diehards. For me, my perspective is a little different, right? Because I come, I'm a nobody. Four years ago, nobody knows me. And I was happy that way. But, you know, I have to go public. I have to start fighting these things. I have to do all these things. So four years ago, you know, you got some nobody from Ohio, uh, you know, who then three years ago starts fighting this fight. When you look at the growth that I've seen in my world and the number of people waking up over the three years I've been fighting this, I feel like we're making a huge impact. Um, You know, right now I'm looking and uh, the tweet that I posted that had, uh, that that listed the names of the committee members and the lobbyists opposing Missouri Hospital 1169 has right now 3.7 million views, over 4 million impressions. And, uh, 
has has been literally viral in every way, shape, or form, and it's been out for less than two days. Um, that's monumental. That's monumental. I got a hundred thousand followers on Twitter. I don't have you know nine million followers. I'm not a big shot influencer. I'm a nobody fighting. People are craving the truth. And the truth is getting out there enough. And I think it's a snowball rolling down a hill. You know, guys like you, Sherry Tenpenny, you mentioned Bobby Kennedy. You know, you guys have been fighting this stuff and and been pushing truth for many, many years. And so the growth, a little bit slower because you guys have already, were already big. When I watch how quickly I'm seeing the growth accelerate, I feel like it's a snowball rolling down the hill. And what I'm doing is I keep putting more snow in front of the path of that snowball so it gets bigger and bigger. And I think that we're making great progress. You know, I'm hoping, hoping, hoping. Uh, I was smart. When I posted that post, I tagged a bunch of uh, a bunch of other big shot media guys. And I'm hoping that they say, hey, you know, I've got a, you know, I've got four million views almost on the on this post. I, I'm getting a lot of uh, a lot of traffic. You know, maybe we should uh, consider taking the most viral story in the country and, and covering it. So, you know, the, the thing is, is this will come down to your audience, to my much smaller audience and their demand and their willingness to share. If we share, if we call these different groups, if we recognize that this Missouri bill in Republican Missouri has a shot, but it's the most important bill in the country because if it passes, it changes the world. If we all take steps, if we all participate, if we keep sharing and keep pushing, you know, we've got a shot for a major victory here. We should be sponsoring this bill in every state in the union. It's two pages. How do you oppose it? Well, the problem is they're in session for three seconds, and then you can introduce legislation for two of those seconds. So that's part of the challenge here. And then, oh, you got to wait till next year. But yeah, we have Tennessee and Idaho. It's not exactly identical, but uh, along those lines, um, we got to leave it here, Tom. Um, This was a terrific update, a terrific wake up call. People could find out more at rens law.com. You got all that info. You're at rens, at rens, Tom. R-E-N-Z Tom on Twitter. Anywhere else people can follow you? Yes, at TomRens.com. That's where we're putting a lot of our media stuff now because we had to differentiate between my lawyer work and my Mm. commentator work. Got it. Um, Because, you know, I actually, unlike, uh, you know, people, certain people on the left, I actually have respect for the law and the courts. So I try to I try to differentiate what I say Tom as a lawyer Rins. and what I say as a commentator. Definitely keep us updated. And guys, if you want to know what's going on on this front with the uh, mRNA and other GMO problems with with the food, um, he'll be tweeting at Renz Tom. Look, let's create a parallel movement because they're not scared of the fake conservative movement that's been around. But hopefully, like you said, this new budding one is what we have here today. Tom, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Daniel. So that's the thing. I mean, I think this is a race against the clock. I think we have a fake antiquated movement that the other side doesn't fear, but there is a growing movement that we are creating that they absolutely do fear, and they will tell you what bothers them, and they will tell you what they bother opposing. You know what is a kill shot on their agenda and what is not, and it's not the endless bloviating, pontificating that you hear on cable news. It's action like this that they're scared of, and he is right. We are growing. The question is, is it fast enough? Are we at a time? Uh, the only thing I do disagree with him on is that 
I don't think it, this is the biggest story. It, it got a lot of play online, um, but unfortunately, it's still being overpowered by Trump, 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 Trump. But again, it's not even just a matter of the COVID genocide, the transhumanist genocide, uh, in this case, the food um, versus you know political persecution. They're both very important. It's that if you are worried about political persecution, like we said at the beginning of the show, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to look at other people that have been persecuted much more than Trump and actually create legislation that would rectify that and Trump situation? Or is this just about elevating one man? That is the question I leave it with, leave you with. If you have an answer, you can always email me, danielhurwitz at startmail.com. We'll have a lot more. We'll have to pack into the next two days. I'll be out at the end of the week for a little uh, vacation there. But till tomorrow, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.